everyone. Welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, there is just something vile and evil about drinking. And you find that out early when you have your first few drinks. I mean, some people, I went to school with somebody who swore they got their first drink when they were like 10. I'm sorry, that's a little early even for me. I had my first drink, I believe, when I was 17. Nope, roll that back, 16. And it was all because of my cousin, but we hung out together a lot and we, you know, we started going to the right parties. And while I was never a weed guy, I was a beer guy. Although back then, much to my shame, I would drink any crappy beer that was that would come my way, including I don't even know if it's still around or if this is even the name of it, but red, white, and blue beer. A twelve pack was like four bucks. They were ridiculously cheap. And in retrospect, the flavor was ridiculously cheap as well. And then as I got older, I started drinking what seemed to be the stylish beer of the time. And I look back now and it, the only word that comes to mind is, well, bougie. And I hate that word. I hate using that word, but it does fit. Just drinking crappy beers or, God forbid, switching to crappy margaritas made with bottom-of-the-line, bottom-shelf tequila. It's like, why? Well, you would think I'd have a little more respect for myself in my 20s. And then as you get older, I, I branched off into, I started to realize that hard alcohols and I are never going to get along well. So I came up with the idea that I would just drink craft beers. And after a, probably a, a two-year flirtation with IPAs, I did, I, I was at a point where I just loved a good IPA. A serious, extra hoppy IPA was my thing. But here's the issue with those. They all have much higher than normal alcohol by volume. So you can only have about two. And that's fine if you're just going out to have two drinks, grab some food and go home. But if you're going to be out for the evening or you're going to be drinking all day, like let's say it's 4th of July, you have a barbecue, you have a cookout, you have all this stuff going on, not only in the starting at about noon, but going late into the evening, this is where Mexican beers make their play. Because, quite honestly, they have the lowest alcohol by volume of everything out there. And that's my plan. One of my favorite beers right now is uh, Dos Equis Ambar. And it's an amber beer, but it's such a mellow amber beer. It's got like 4.7 alcohol by volume, ridiculously low. Or Modelo, that's my other favorite. But here's my connection to Mexican beer, and here's why I love it. Back when I was about 20... One of my best friends, it was his birthday. I said, what do you want to do for your birthday? And right at that moment, we're in Southern California, mind you, K-Rock Radio plays an advertisement for their Mexico fun ride from Rosarito to Ensenada down the old trade road, which is a 50-mile ride. Now, we weren't riding bikes on a regular basis. We weren't in that kind of shape, but we were young. So he said, I want to do that. It turns out it was like either the next day or in a couple of days. So we took off in the middle of the night, drove down to Rosarito. No food with us, no water, nothing. We just had the bikes and a car. Got down there, parked on the out on the street in Rosarito. This is Rosarito was a lot smaller then than it is now. Got on the thing 50 miles later. We're getting water wherever we can take it. Orange slices whenever some vo- some volunteer was handing them out. Got ourselves across the finish line. And as you cross the finish line, I'm about to keel over from dehydration and heat exhaustion. 
a 500 pound Mexican dude rips my number off of my chest, reaches into a garbage can filled with ice water and Tecate and hands me the coldest beer I've ever had in my life. I crack it, I down it all in about one to two gulps and I, I closed my eyes and when I belched, I opened my eyes and there was another one waiting for me. There was a a bond formed in that moment between me and Mexican beer that really can never be broken. It's always going to be my go-to. So it's uh, I've run into a few beer aficionados that are like, oh, Mexican beers are so cheap. It's like, eh, they have their own little specialties. But in terms of the, the cosmic karma that they have with me, there's nothing better. But if you just take all of that kind of a history of of just drunken craziness and you roll it all into one clear and concise thought you have today's episode the hangover not the movie on today's caffeinated humor drink is a vile thing and i pity those who imbibe too much like me today i went out on saturday night to an old friend's birthday party in a restaurant that was still stuck in the 70s like a Twilight Zone episode, the decor, the people, hell, even the drinks. Within five minutes of walking through the door, I find myself at the bar drinking an old-fashioned and discussing Cuba with a guy and his wife who ran a little hardware store. However, once the birthday party started, I, things got a little more normal and a whole lot worse. The worst part came in the realization that I hung out with these aforementioned old friends back when I first started to drink and party in high school. And there are long-forgotten party reflexes that they lay dormant, hidden way back in the recesses of your mind, like a flashback. And those reflexes have a single purpose, to get you totally fucked up in the shortest amount of time possible. This reflex has no understanding of age, current illnesses, or conditions, or the simple fact that I gotta work in the morning. The reflex is very simple, mind, very simple and single-minded in this pursuit which made Sunday a blur of stomach and head pain, bathroom issues, see also quacker shits, and a solid feeling of just being unwell. Add to that the yuck taste that seems to live at the back of my throat, and every time I breathe I kind of hiccup and there's a little bit of bile in the back of my throat, and you have a day tailor-made for just laying there like a lump. And then... I finally hauled my ass out into the world to go to Hollywood to watch a sketch comedy show that I am involved with. The show was good. Sketch comedy is always good for removing you from whatever life has you mired in and moving you to a different place mentally. Especially live. Live sketch comedy is loud, it's in your face, and it's rarely subtle. Kind of a, here's the joke, now laugh, motherfucker! And I really appreciate that quality of it. And then something bad happens. The show's over. And the party, the after party, happens at this historic Hollywood bar just around the corner. Now far be it for me to stand in the way of grand old tradition of the after party. I resolve only to drink Diet Coke. So, ten minutes later, I am sipping a margarita. It really is a well-made one. It's a little heavy on the tequila, but that's never a bad thing. Except for this moment in time. My stomach is rolling a little bit. I'm kind of braced at a table, just waiting for that whole hair of the dog thing to kick in and make me feel better, and it's just not happening. 
So I decided to switch back to the Diet Coke before I start getting the shakes and fall over. Now the show I'm involved with is a very interesting one. The cast is always, by plan, half men, half women. The men, they're funny. There are a couple of real good-looking dudes. There's a couple of guys that it's like, hmm, you go out dressed like that, really? But the women, both cast and the ones in the crew, all fairly stunning. I see now the wisdom of Hugh Hefner surrounding yourself with beautiful women. It makes your whole day a little bit brighter. In a completely sexist and non-sexist way. Women involved with comedy, either writing it, performing it, they always got something to say. And typically, they know how to present it in a funny way. So it makes your whole evening go a little easier, even if that evening is a hellish landscape that you're stuck in. I may never drink again. Except for coffee.